heard the Lord say, the hardest thing for you this year will be for you to learn how to remain still in the face of pressure. But I hear the Lord say that those who learn to stand still in the face of pressure, he said, it is a place full of unmeasurable promises. For those that will learn how to stand still in the face of pressure, God says, I'll name that place the place of unmeasurable promises. So right now I'm going to challenge your spirit. I'm going to challenge this house to stand still. Here we are, Lord, still in your presence. Because in your presence is the fullness of joy. Joy unspeakable and full of glory. Father, we declare that we shall not be moved. In a culture that says, come this way, go that way and do this. Our eyes will look to the hills from where cometh our help because our help comes from the Lord, the maker of heaven and earth. We will trust in you. We will remain in you. Unmovable, unshakable, always abounding in the work of the Lord. Father, we thank you for the steadfastness, the standfastness, and the surety of your presence that meets us there. Father, teach us how to be still in a world full of pressure. I have this scripture this morning. I'm going to share this with you. Remain standing just for this word, and then you can sit as I bring the word of the Lord. But this scripture I shared with our rally meeting this morning, before you even got here, there was a team that was praying on your behalf. And as we gather in the house of the Lord on the first day of this new year, Isaiah 43, it will be a scripture that's probably preached in all over pulpits all over the world today, and it's not my text. But there was a, a weight of the word that God gave me in this that I think you need to catch this morning before we even get in the message. Isaiah 43, don't panic, media, I know you don't have it. Isaiah 43 and 16 says, this is what the Lord says. Somebody say, hey, God's speaking. Go ahead, slap somebody. Say, hey, God's speaking. He who made a way through the sea and a path through the mighty waters, who drew out the chariots and horses and the army and reinforcements together, and there they lay, never to rise again extinguished and snuffed out like a wick. God speaks and says, forget the former 
things and do not dwell on the past. See, I am doing a new thing and now it springs up. And do you not see it? I am making a way in the wilderness and streams in the wasteland. As I read that scripture, God told me to tell you that there's things that you dealt with last year that you'll never have to deal with again this year. There are battles that you face. There are, there are tensions that you fought for. There, is, there, was, there was pressure that was on you. And God said, watch and see that I extinguish it. Never to rise again. There are things you had to walk through last year. You won't walk through again this year. And God's saying, but don't allow what happened last year for you to miss what I'm about to do this year. Don't you miss it? Don't you miss it? you miss it. Father, we thank you today that on this day, that this is the day that the Lord has made and we will rejoice and be glad in it because God, I was glad when they said unto me, let us go up to the house of the Lord to worship. And God, here we are pouring out our praise, lavishing our love on you, the, the one who was and is and is to come, who forever will be that heaven and earth may pass away. But God, this word, your very word will endure forever. God, we thank you that your word is bread, the bread of life that we eat and partake of and we are renewed, we are refreshed, we are revived. It is a bread that doesn't grow old. It's a bread that satisfies. It's a bread that hits deep. It's a bread that makes us grow. God, we thank you for the word of the Lord being in the house of the Lord this day. God, we thank you for everything you kept us from. God, we thank you for everything you lead us to. That God, we have not gathered here today amiss. For your word declares that if we gather together in your name, behold, there you are in our midst. Father, we're thankful that we didn't miss you. We're right in step, prophetically aligned, calibrated for what you're about to do and are even doing now in this season. And God, we say, we see it. In Jesus' mighty name, amen and amen. You may be seated all over the house. Give God some praise in this place. Come on. Come on, you're here. Look where you are. You're in the house of the Lord, in the land of the living, a place that is flowing with milk and honey. God's faithfulness is in this place today. Hallelujah. I said hallelujah. I'm one of those guys, I'm in church and I talk, but I want you to talk back, amen? I don't want to feel like I'm in a room talking to myself. I do that enough on my crazy days. I want some people that, can I get a witness in the house of the faithfulness of God, of the goodness of God, of the mercy of God, of the love of God, of the power of God, of God who was there when nobody else was. Hallelujah, he's truly been good. He's been good, he's been good, he's been good. Before I get into the title of the message, I want to give you a vision that as I was praying into this service and what the head of this year begins to look like, I shared a little bit of it yesterday on a video that we posted to our social media, but I want to share it with you because it's so heavy. But I understand it may not be heavy for everyone that's here, and that's fine. Don't worry, your day's coming. I said, your day's coming. You're here on purpose, though. You didn't miss God. There is something that God has for you in this place today. But as I was praying and, and, and seeking the Lord regarding this, the head of this year, what it looks like, uh, 
I had a vision of particularly myself standing in front of a mirror, but I know many times that God will show me myself so that I can have the transparency, but also that I can have the empathy to be able to see where other people are. And as I was seeing myself, I was standing in the face of a mirror with my hands and I was slapping the mirror and I was looking at myself and I was saying these words, I can't do it like this anymore. I can't do it like this anymore. And as I saw that, God began to speak to me that there are people here today under the sound of my voice and the truth is, is that you're fed up. You're fed up with the way things are, the way things have been and you are saying to yourself, which is part of the reason why you're here today, is because you said, I can't do it like this anymore. I am in desperate need of something to change. Can I tell you that frustration is the greatest element of change? Change never truly comes until you get fed up until you get frustrated until you get mad at the way things are let me tell you you'll never change until you get mad at yourself you'll never be pushed to a place to the brink of change until you can no longer look at yourself and be satisfied so some of you are here today simply because of the fact that you're saying to yourself I can't do it like this Anymore, I'm in need, a desperate need of change. And so I want to talk to you over the next couple weeks, this Sunday, next Sunday, the following Sunday, and probably the following Sunday, I want to talk to you about, uh, I'm going to launch a series called Change. But here's the thing, not just change, breaking the cycle. Because, my God, hey, 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 some of you are caught in cycles. Uh, let me just teach for a minute before we even get to the text. Some of you are frustrated because you are constantly doing the same thing over and over and over and over again. Last year, you came in here and said you wanted to quit smoking. Last year, you said you wanted to quit sleeping around. Last year, you said you wanted to quit lying. And here you are this year, you're still smoking, sleeping around, and lying, and ain't no change because we haven't got to the place where we're frustrated enough to allow God to change us. We will never change until we get frustrated with ourselves. And I tell you this morning, I'm not mad. I'm frustrated. I'm frustrated. The truth is, is the definition of insanity is doing the same thing and expecting a different result. And there will be many people this year that, that make New, new Year's uh, resolutions, but nothing is ever resolved because of the fact that they never get fed up to the point of where they allow change to happen. The truth is, is a lot of people don't like change. Because change will conflict your comfortability. you got to understand that if you're going to allow change, you don't get to set the boundaries of change. See, a lot of us like change within boundaries, but change within boundaries is really no change at all. I'm talking about a change that rectifies, that changes, that challenges every boundary in your life, that will run over every area of comfortability, that will take hostage every bit of, uh, of worrying about self, and you'll say, okay, God, here I am, all of me, you can have. There is a concept known as the 212 degree concept. It's a concept that at 211 degrees, water is hot, but at 212 degrees, it boils. And it's the difference of one degree. It's the difference of one degree of water being hot 
compared to water boiling. But here's the power of water boiling. Boiling water produces something called steam. Steam produces something called power. When properly channeled, it, that same water that's hot at 211 has the power to push a locomotive down the tracks at just the difference of one degree. I came to t- talk to somebody this morning and tell you that you are one degree away from moving from pity into power, from something that's hot into something that's boiling. I'm telling you, it could just be the difference of one degree of change. Just one degree of change. One degree of change. A lot of us are stuck at 211 degrees. Stuck at 211 degrees. See, the, here, here, here is, the, here is the, the catch of 211 degrees. It's hot, but it ain't boiling. It's hot, but it ain't producing nothing. See, a lot of your lives may not be the complacency of coldness, but rather the challenge of upping things one degree to move from hot to boiling. And many of us are stuck from, from being stuck to being successful. Many of us are, are, are at 211 of failure, but all we could do is change one degree and move to our future. We're, we're stuck at 211 degrees of pain, but we could take that one degree and move into promise. We're stuck at 211 degrees in hurt, but we can allow the degree of one change to 212 to move to wholeness and healing we are stuck at 211 of being broke but we are one degree away from being blessed we are stuck at being abandoned but we are one degree away from taking the abandonment and making an anointing and doing something powerful moving the locomotive down the tracks just one degree just one simple change but see you'll never get what you want without change that's the truth. A lot of you said, I'm getting into church this year because, man, I got to change. I got to change. And that's great. We're glad you're here. But the truth is, is church will be an element of change only to the measure that you allow it to change you. Jesus will be an element of change only to the measure in which you allow him to change you. Change can't happen without your buy-in. I said, you are the part of the change. But what is change? True change is breaking cycles. That's real change. See, I'm a cycle breaker. That's what I am. I'm a cycle breaker. All my life, I've defied the odds and broken cycles. Coming from, from poverty. Now, now, mind you, my mom and daddy watch this service, and I don't ever want them to think that, that, I, feel, that I say that in my poverty we were without. Because I'll tell you, flat-footed on this pulpit today, that my parents busted their tail to make sure all, however many kids there is of us, eight, I think, that we had everything we needed. And we never went without. But, see, it was... Though I was a part of that cycle, I'm now not a reproducer of that cycle. Addiction and alcoholism runs deep in my family. I came to tell you this morning, I'm a cycle breaker. Depression may run through my family, but when it met me, that's when it met the door and had to run out. Is there any cycle breakers in the house that you allowed Jesus to change you and now your family story is changing? They said they're nothing but addicts. They're nothing but poor. But my God, your tongue talking. Holy Ghost fire filled, walking, demon casting out, hell shaking power and authority flowing through your life because you're a cycle breaker you're a cycle breaker 
You're a cycle breaker. The cycle needs to be broken because change people change lives and change lives make world changers. Did you hear what I said? That changed people changed lives and changed lives create world changers. I'm a world changer. You're a world changer. If you allow God to change your life, you'll become the very instrument and element in which God will use to change other lives. Your story is on purpose. Your story is on power. But you got to allow God to use it to change the sphere of influence that is around you. And then all of a sudden you become a world changer. Your world may only be 843-803-29550. It may only be locally, but it's your world and you're changing it. But see, we'll never become the element of change unless we first allow God to change us. Is there anybody that would be here this morning and say, God, change me. Change me. Change me. I love David that he said, search my heart, oh God. See, a lot of times we go through some junk. We get frustrated with people and we're talking about, God, you better search their heart, Lord. David knew that he was not the product of his circumstance, but that he was the element of change in any problem he faced. So he said, God, search my heart. And if there be any unclean thing within me, take it from me, but take not your Holy Spirit. David knew it started with him. I want to tell you this morning, it starts with you. Your change starts with you. You are the problem. You, you are your biggest adversary. You are your greatest enemy. Watch this. The Bible said that greater is he that lives in us than he who's in the world. Y'all run around talking about how the devil beating you up all the time. But Jesus already said you have the victory and authority over the devil. So if I am greater than the enemy that I am constantly giving credit to, but I am consistently failing, then it means that I must be my greatest enemy. Second Corinthians 5.17 says, therefore, somebody say therefore, therefore, that if anyone is in Christ, the new creation has come. The old is gone and the new is here. Hold on, leave the scripture up. Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, the new creation has come. <laughs> the old is gone. The new is here. So, I realized from reading the scripture that the new creation can come and it can be here, but I may not have it. See, you can be in the presence of it and not walk in it. See, a lot of you have been given the promise and provision of your salvation, but you don't always walk in it. You've been given, Jesus said, and I give you authority to trample on scorpions, to, to cast out devils. And see, he gave them the authority, but they didn't always walk in it. Because I read another story where they're standing on the Mount of Transfiguration and they come down and there's a boy that's epileptic and he's throwing himself in the fire and the disciples are trying to get this demon out of him. And, and they go to Jesus and they say, you got to help us. And he looks at him and he says, how long do I got to be with you? Don't you have what you say that I've already given you? See, a lot of us, we have access to it, but we haven't activated it. 
See, your change is accessible. But change accessible and not activated is no change at all. And a lot of us lay in a place called access of change, but never truly activating it. See, therefore, the change has come. The old is gone. The new is here. But here's the question. Is it here and you don't have it? Tell somebody this morning, say, the new is here. It's here. It's here. It's here. Is it, though? Is it? Is it, though? Have you ever been in a place called new, but it seems oddly familiar? Yeah. Some of y'all woke up this morning just like I did. Did the same things that you did yesterday morning. Ain't nothing changed. Can I tell you, the calendar doesn't change your destiny. Can I tell you, the time striking 12 o'clock last night did not change your destiny. Can I tell you that there was no alignment of the cosmos and stars that all of a sudden everything calibrated and shifted for you to step out in this day and say, brand new year, new me. But the truth is, is that the new is here. You are in the room with the element of change. His name is Jesus. And until we live fully surrendered and submitted to him, true change can never really come. Because therefore... If he is the creator of all things new, and he's the only one that can behold, I make all things new, then we can't have new without him. And a lot of us woke up this morning talking about new year, new me, and you still ain't got him. Still not living surrendered to him. And ain't nothing new, bro. Just the calendar now says 2023. Have you ever been in a place called new, but it seems oddly familiar? See, I want to talk to the person that's stuck in the cycle of yesterday and yesteryear. I came to preach to those that seem stuck in some sort of cycle. I don't know what that cycle is, but I'll tell you this, I got my own. So I don't need to worry about yours. I'm trying to break mine. I want to come to you this morning and share a passage of scripture. I don't intend to be long. I intend to be powerful, though, in Jesus' name. 2 Samuel 18, verse 33, tells us a story of King David and something's happening in his life. And if you would go back and you would read 1 Samuel 18 and 19, you would find a very different David than what we're about to find. We find one in 1 Samuel 18 and 19 that is on the uptick of his life. He's, things are happening, things are shifting, things are breaking, things are moving. David is accelerating, the anointing is flowing, God is doing great things. But now here in 2 Samuel 18, we find a very different David. And it says this, the king was shaken. And he went up to his room over the gateway. Everyone yell, yell, gateway. And he wept. And he went and he said, Oh, my son, Absalom, my son, my son, Absalom, if only I had died instead of you. Oh, Absalom, my son, my son. And I want to jump over to chapter 19 and continue with this. Verses 1 through 4. Joab was told that the king is weeping and mourning for Absalom. And for the whole army, the victory that day was turned into mourning because on the day the troops heard it said, the king is grieving for his son. And the men stole into the city that day as men steal into who are shamed when they flee from battle. 
And the king covered his face and cried aloud, Oh, my son, Absalom, Absalom, my son, my son. A lot of you may be thinking, what in the world does this text have to do with my current cycle that I'm trying to break? Many of you may be seated here this morning and say, what an incredible New Year's text. What would your preacher preach on? Oh, Absalom. Now, what I want to talk to you about is how to break the cycles that you're in. God told me to talk to the ones this morning that are mourning over what they've lost. And because you're mourning over what you've lost, you can't see what you have left. There's some of you here this morning that are mourning over what you've lost. And because you're mourning over what you've lost, you can't see what you have left. First, Second Samuel tells us that David was mourning. Oh, Absalom, oh, Absalom. His son has died. His son has been killed. And in the killing of his son, David gets up and goes over top of the gateway. And he hides in a chamber. And he's there weeping. But here's the incredible, powerful part about this moment. That as David is weeping over the loss of his son, his troops are returning. And they just won an incredible victory. They're coming in ready to celebrate. But their celebration is hushed because they say shh, shh, the king is mourning his son there'll be no parade today there'll be no celebration there'll be no party today because the king is mourning over the loss of his son and I wanted to come and talk to some of you because some of you are just like David that you're whining over what you lost and your tears are blocking your eyes to be able to see the victory of the thing that God has given you and what is left and what you have set before you See, you'll never change unless you embrace, embrace the things that are sent to change you. Yes. Let's be honest. Life is full of hardship, pain, disappointment. Many of you will say that 2022, it was a hard year. It was a hurtful year. It was painful. But here's my question to you. What if those things were allowed in your life to change you? Because I'll tell you right now, there's no greater element of change than adversity. Say that word with me this morning, adversity. Adverse to thee. Adverse to thee. Adversity. See, the truth of it is, is adversity will add a verse to thee. It will be a verse of a song that you could have never sung before. It'll be a verse out of his great book that you never understood before. See, it'll be an understanding of Romans 8, 28. And now we know that God causes all things to work for the good of those that love him and are called according to his purpose. What if the adversity added a verse to thee to change you because God said, I can't leave you the way you are. And because there are some cycles that need Need to be broken you're what needs to be broken first what if the cycle to be broken means I gotta be broken first see the truth is, is we don't like change the most incredible thing though about this is Absalom is the son that David is weeping over but yet is the very same son that in one story beforehand is trying to kill him Y'all better read your Bibles. 
David is weeping over the son that tried to overthrow him and kill him. David is weeping and crying over the very thing that tried to kill him. How true can this be said of many of us? Many times we end up weeping over something we lost that at one time we were praying for God to deliver us from. See, you pray for change, and then when change comes but doesn't look the way you wanted it, you no longer want it no more. See, a lot of us saying new year, new me, but what if new year, new me means that God's got to break you first? What, what happens if, if there's some things you got to go through that you want to wish on your worst enemy? What if the things that are sent to kill you that, you that you're praying to be delivered from all of a sudden come back in a way that you never thought they could and break your heart? See, nobody wants to talk about change like this. But I'm talking about true change, change that'll change your character. Change that'll change your mentality, your thinking. Change that will challenge your vision. Change that understands, though the enemy may come in one way, he's fleeing in seven. Watch though, 2 Samuel 19, verses 5 through 8. My God, I am so thankful for this part of the story. So David is weeping, he's over the gateway, he's mourning the loss of his son Absalom. But then Joab went to the house of the king and said, Catch this. David is whining and weeping over the loss of his son. And Joab comes into the house to the king. It could cost him his head. And he says, Today you have humiliated all your men who have just saved your life and the lives of your sons and daughters and the lives of your wives and concubines. You love those who hate you. And you hate those who love you. And you have made it clear today that the commanders and their men mean nothing to you. I see that you would have been pleased if Absalom were alive today and all of us were dead. Now go out and encourage your men. I swear by the Lord if you don't go out. Not a man will be left with you by nightfall. And this will be worse for you than all the calamities that you have come, that have come on you from now till your youth. So the king got up and took his seat in the gateway. And when the men were told the king is sitting in the gateway, they all came before him. And meanwhile, the Israelites had to flee to their home. Can I tell you something this morning? My prayer is... My prayer is for true change to come. Let the Joabs arise. Oh my God, I said, my prayer is for true change to come. Let the Joabs arise. Let the Joabs in the house arise. Let the Joabs in your life arise. You know what you need? You don't need another David. You need a Joab. Somebody that'll come in the midst of your pity party. They'll kick the table over and say, you better get your tail out there. There are people that need, my God. There are people that need you. They need what you got. God, you can't sit here anymore. You want change? You want to make room? You better make room for Joab. I'm telling you, you want true change in your life? Then you better get ready for Joab's. Because if you truly want change, you don't need people who are going to tell you what you want to hear. If you really want change... You're going to need some people that are going to tell you what you need to hear. If you really want change, you don't need comfortable church. 
If you really want change, you don't need a preacher that's going to tell you everything that you want to hear. If you really want change, you better get out of comfortable church and get into convicting church. If you want change, you better get away from people that tell you everything you want to hear and get in the presence of some people that'll tell you what you need to hear. Can I tell you, we don't need leaders that play patty cake with people's sin. We need table turners who know how to flip things over in the spiritual realm so that people can get breakthrough. See, we don't need... (laughs) See, some of y'all been lazy, lackadaisical, and lukewarm. And the last thing that you need is somebody that's going to pull up a chair at your table and sit down and tell you everything ain't going everything going to be all right. No, 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 brother. Everything ain't going to be all right. Because the Bible I read tells me I'd rather you be hot or cold because if you're lukewarm, I'll spill you from my mouth. It's not okay to live compromised. It's not okay to live backslidden. It's not, I'm preaching to myself this morning. It's not okay to make room for things that are trying to kill you. You got to get up and you need some people that'll tell you it ain't okay. It ain't okay to be there. You understand that the Bible says that in the last days, men will run to let other men tickle their ears, to tell them what they want to hear. Can I tell you something? In 2023, I make a vow. I'm not trying to pack out a church. I'm trying to pack out heaven. And if you get offended by this word, you better not get over it. You better get under it because it'll change your life and you need the change that this word will bring. Some of y'all been lazy, lackadaisical, and lukewarm. I came to tell you this morning, you can't stay there. You got to get up. You got to quit weeping over what you lost and start looking for what you're winning and what's left. I think one of the greatest prophetic significance that I could do this morning is give every one of y'all a tissue. Tell you to wipe your nose, wipe your mouth, wipe your eyes. Now get up. Get up. Get over it. Move on. Quit allowing what you lost to keep you out of your place. You want true change, you got to be a cycle breaker. But the problem is that sometimes breaking the cycle means breaking you. David was broken, but cycles had to be broken. David was broken, but cycles, something had to change. Some of y'all look a lot like David. You love what you should hate and you hate what you should love. The Bible says 
that in the last days men will be lovers of themselves and they will love what they should hate and they will hate what they should love David had a Joab that was willing to get in his face and tell him David you know what your problem is you love what you should hate and you hate what you should love can I help some people relationally in the house this morning can I help some people relationally in the house some of y'all loving people that hate you and some of y'all hating people that God sent to love you. One of the most beneficial things you can do in 2023 is learn what hates you and leave it and learn what loves you and cling to it. Some of y'all crying. They hate me. Shut up and get up. Shut up and get up. I came to tell you, shut up and get up. It's time to get back up. You want to change? Well, your change is here in the house this morning. I feel the Holy Ghost. Hey. One of the greatest adversaries of your life is you making time for things you should be hating. Our prayer should be in 2023, God teach me to love what you love and hate what you hate. I'll tell you why the church is in the condition she's in. Because we love what God hates and we hate what God loves. Can I tell you, in 2023, quit making room at tables for people who ain't doing nothing but promoting themselves. Some of y'all, you've been worrying about having enough chairs. Let me tell you what the biggest, best benefit of your 2023 will be. Learning that you've got exactly the amount of chairs, you've got just the right size table, and those that want to be there will fight to be there. You won't have to make, I'm not making room for anybody this year. If you want to be at the table, you better grab a chair while it's open. Mm. Can I just be a Joab this morning for a moment? Can I tell you one of the greatest things you can do in 2023? Is get off Facebook and get in God's book. Quit worrying about your likes and followers and start making sure that he likes you and that you're following him. Can I just be a Joab in the house this morning? Can you quit worrying about people and start worrying more about your relationship with God? You know what I love about David? This is going to help some home folk out. You ready? David was hated most in his own home. He was a worshiper. He worshiped like a madman. He didn't care. 
He danced before the Lord with all his might. And then his little, little God-hating wife told him, David, you look like a fool. Sit down. David said, I'll become even more undignified than this. You may hate me, but you're going to hate me while I worship. Some of y'all worried about winning your home. My God, why don't you just worry about him? Take care of your relationship with God and watch how God will fix the relationships of everyone around in your own house. I'm trying to be a Joab this morning. I ain't trying to tell you what you want to hear. I'm telling you what you need to hear because some of y'all stuck in a cycle. And God sent me here this morning prophetically as a Joab to tell you, you can't keep weeping over what you lost because you got men, you got people that are winning and they're waiting for you to be there to celebrate with them, but you're too busy. Hide now. In 2023, I said, Kyle, you gotta learn. You gotta learn to preach shorter in 2023. But you know what? I'm up here this morning, and I'm saying, Nah, Nah, that resolution it wasn't for me. That thing wasn't for me. Mm-mm. I must have read that on Facebook or something. Hey, In 2023, let me be a Joab this morning. God told me to tell y'all, some of y'all need to quit looking to be accepted and start desiring to be anointed. Let me tell you what your anointing will do. Your anointing will make people talk about you. Your anointing will make people walk out on you. Your anointing will make haters arise amongst your friends. Some of y'all desiring to be accepted. God said, I never called them to be accepted. I called them to be anointed. You want change this year? Quit looking to be liked and start desiring to be loved by him. Mm. Here we go. Come on, Joab. Let's preach this thing. In 2023, you want to change? Get over your feelings. Oh, y'all went quiet on that one. Get over your feelings. Get over your feelings. Get over your feelings. I'm going to prove it to you scripturally. Don't worry. You need to get over your feelings. Isaiah prophesies about our Messiah. Tells us that he's coming. And he's like a lamb led before his shear and opened not his mouth. Isaiah prophesies and tells us that he was hated and rejected, despised by many, and a man acquainted with grief, bruised for our iniquities, and the chastisement of our peace was placed upon him. But here's the incredible thing, that Jesus had the ability to operate through his feelings, but instead he moved by faith. The Bible says, and now for the joy that was set before him, he endured the cross. See, he was able to see beyond the feelings and manifest the fullness of faith. 
the hope of our salvation, Christ crucified, our resurrected Savior, here, alive, in this room. He's not in the tomb. He's not in a grave. You go see Buddha. You go see Mohammed. You go see all the Hindu leaders. But you go to a tomb, and Jesus ain't there because he's here right now, alive, in this room. But if he would have operated off of feelings, watch. The Bible says that when he's in the garden and he's praying, he goes a stone throw further and he's praying and, and he's praying. And he's asking God. He said, God, if this cup can pass from me, let it. But nonetheless, not what I feel, not my will, but your will be done. Let me give some freedom to some of y'all in this house and realize that nothing happens in your life unless God permits it to happen. Now catch this. I'm not teaching heresy. I did not say that God did it, but I did say he permitted it. Job is about to be tested and tried, but has to go get permission from God. Because, because Satan knows that nothing comes or is able to come into the realm of the earth unless God permits it. There are some things that some of you walk through and it has extinguished your fire. It has canceled out your desire simply because you're now operating in your feelings and you forgot your faith that God who causes all things to work together for the good, he's still working. He's not in the unemployment line. He's not looking for a job. He's still on the throne yesterday, today, and forever. You want change? Get over your feelings. People will hurt you. People will disappoint you. People will let you down. But there is a friend that sticks closer than a brother. His name is Jesus. And whether you, my God, hear me. He is for you. He's not against you. In 2023, quit allowing church and Jesus to be attachments and add-ons in your life. Some of y'all have lived in the accessory of Christian. That's, you live your life, you're an, you, you, you're an accessory to the kingdom. This is my phone. This is his case. Case is an accessory. Some of y'all been going to accessories and saying, hey, call God for me. And you wonder why ain't nothing changing? You wonder why ain't nothing shaking? Because you're at an accessory level. You've added God as an add-on in your life. You've made him a little dab of do ya. You made him just a pick-me-up on the weekend. You made him a daddy with weekend visitation. Y'all didn't know you was coming to church today. First day of the new year, what did you do? Went to church and got offended. Good. That's what the church needs. Can I tell you to start making Jesus and church a priority in your life? You want change? You want change? Then get committed to things that will change you. You don't get to lay out of church. You don't get to lay out of your Bible. You don't get to lay out of prayer and then complain when nothing goes your way. I tried church. That's the problem, bro. You tried it. 
Church ain't something you try. Neither is Jesus. You don't come. My God, I feel the Joab anointing on me this morning. You don't come to church to get your Jesus on. He's something you live. In him I live and move and have my being. I can't put him on because I can't take him off. I know, I know, I almost, but we almost been in church an hour and a half. I know y'all ready to go. Oh, y'all scared to go now. I'll do altar call. Y'all are going to be like, preacher, we're going to stay here and hold a prayer meeting. Joab told David, if you don't get up and get out of this place you're sulking in, you're about to lose everything you got that's boring for you. My God, I wish I had more time. Can I talk to you this morning from somebody from experience that if you stay soaking in what you lose, you will miss your opportunity. Everything that is ready to go to war for you will walk away from you. Joab said, if you don't get up and you don't get down there, you're about to lose everything you worked for. Can I talk to you this morning that if you don't get up and you don't go after him like you used to, you're about to lose everything you've warred for. Musicians, come on. 2 Samuel 18, 33 says, David got up and he went above the gateway. Teacher Derek, y'all really wanted me to use that green chair. I know you did. Y'all told me. You said, we're going to get you that green chair. You make you like the bishop. You sit up on the platform during worship. Come on, bring it up here. I want to use it. Feel that Joab anointing on me. See, God had y'all leave that in here. I, want to, I don't know who came in here and cleaned up. You know who you are. God knows who you are. But my God, God bless you. I came in here. All the Christmas decorations were down. And it was done secretly. I told the leadership team, I said, now that's leadership. Nobody asked permission to go do God's work. They just did it. No, oh, y'all didn't hear me. Yeah, go ahead and play patty cake with God. Because it wasn't your tail that got up here to get up and clean. Mm. I thought this was one of those seeker-friendly churches. No, nah, we just serve coffee to fool you. Then we get you here and we make sure you get the Holy Ghost and toast. Second Samuel 18.33 says, David got up and went above the gateway. Can y'all pull that up? 2 Samuel 18, 33. 2 Samuel 18, 33. Says that David got up. He went up to the room over the gateway. Here's the problem. David was supposed to be in the gateway. See, one of the most dangerous things about this season of your life will be that when problems come to your life, their purpose is to move you from your seated place. The greatest thing the enemy can do is to get you out of your place and your seat. Because the king would sit in the gateway because the gateway was the place 
where battles were initiated. See, the gateway was the entry point in which things would come and things would leave. The gateway was the place of permission. And see, when David had hurt come to his heart, the Bible said that he was shaken. The problem was, is he was shaken out of his seat. He got up from where he was supposed to be. And he went up to the room over the gateway. Some of you, you've been shaken. And you've gotten out of your place of permission. It's time to break the cycle and get back in your seat. Stand with me all over this house. Come on. See, the problem with the gateway, it's confrontational. You don't get to sit in the gate and be absent of confrontation. If a battle's coming, it's coming here. See, many of you have forfeited your posts because of some kind of loss that you went through. And now you're being sucked into the cycle of solitude. And God's saying to you, you got to get back to your gate. Joab's words rock David. See, when you're shaken, sometimes you need a voice that will shake you. My prayer this morning was not to comfort you. My prayer was to preach in such a way it shakes some of you. Because you've been shaken now to recalibrate you back into your place of purpose. You need a voice that will shake you. Not come play patty cake with you and tell you everything's going to be okay. Because let me tell you something. If you don't get back in your seat, everything ain't going to be okay. It ain't going to be all hunky-dory. It ain't going to be all good. But some of you have forfeited your seat. And Joab's words rock David in such a way that the Bible says he gets back up and he goes to his gate. He goes back to the gate. The words of Joab rock him in such a way that he gets back up and he gets in his seat. In 2023, God told me to tell you that he's sending some Joabs into your life that are going to get you back where you need to be. I declare that in 2023, Dominion Church will be a house of Joabs, that we will be a people that speak truth in love to make sure that if you're out of place, you get back into place. We're going to find people that we know are anointed for greater, but that they're sitting and sulking in their loss. And we're going to show them the war's not over and the weapons haven't left. Get back in your seats. I came to tell you this morning, like David, I'm getting back up and I'm getting in my seat. I'm sick and tired of being sick and tired. I'm tired of sulking over yesterday's loss. I'm thankful that the chariots fell. I'm thankful that the Red Sea parted. But I cannot get stuck on what was and miss out on what God is about to do. You've cried long enough. 
You've shed enough tears. You've lasted longer than most would. But there are still those that are waiting for your words. And when you get back in your place, the Bible says in 2 Samuel 19, verse 4 or 5, it says, and they all came to him. God told me to tell you that when you get back in your seat, you're not going to have to go look for those people in your life that he's assigned to you. He said, watch, in 2023, you get to where you need to be. And he said, I'm sending them to you. That's a word for somebody. You know what some of y'all need to do this morning? Some of y'all need to be like David or Arnold Schwarzenegger. You need to make a prophetic declaration this morning. And you need to, whether it's kneeling at this altar, kneeling at your seat, or just sitting down in your chair. Matter of fact, let's do something powerful right here, right now. We're all going to sit down together. And we're going to make a prophetic declaration. We declare this as a prophetic moment. That what's in the spirit will be seen in the natural. That when we take seats in these seats, we're saying, like Arnold Schwarzenegger, I'm back. I'm back. I'm back. I maybe got up for a minute, but I'm back. I maybe lost some things in the past season, but I'm back. I'm back. I'm back. I may be wept over yesterday, but I'm back. I'm taking my seat in this season. I'm a cycle breaker, and change is not coming. Change is here in Jesus' name. Shout to the Lord. Quick revelation for you, and I'm leaving you this morning. Here's the incredible part. Absalom means father of peace. That's what Absalom means. And for many of you, what you thought was going to produce pain had to die so that you could meet the Prince of Peace. I'm going to say it again. Many of you thought that something was going to produce pain. Absalom means father of peace. In other words, he has the ability to produce peace. He's a reproducer of peace. Watch this. It had to die so that you could meet the Prince of Peace. See, Isaiah tells me, for unto us a child is born, a son is given. He'll be called Wonderful, Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. God never wanted you to be able to produce peace. He wanted you to know His peace. (laughs) See, true change is produced by learning to live in His peace, not producing our own. Philippians 4 and 6 says, Be anxious for nothing, but in every situation by prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, present your request to God. Watch this. And the peace of God. Whose peace? His peace. Which transcends all understanding will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. Everyone seated this morning. This is going to be different. We're going to do it different this morning. Usually I have you stand sitting all over the house. If you're here this morning, every head bowed and every eye closed. (laughs) Just sit there in it for a moment. Let the peace of God come. (laughs) 
Every head bowed and every eye closed, you're here this morning. And you'd say, Preacher, I've gotten out of my place. Not where I need to be, but I want to be. Will you raise your hand so I can see you? Thank you. Others, others, thank you. Thank you. Raise them high, unashamed. Hallelujah. All over this room. All over this room. Now you're here today and put those hands down for a moment. You're here today and you would realize that your peace had to die so that you could know his peace. (laughs) God told me to challenge you to trust him this year. Something that God's dealing with his bride about this year is trust. He wants to see you trusting him again. By the acknowledgement of your hand, if you're here this morning, you'd say, Preacher, my peace had to die, but I want his. Will you raise your hand all over this room if that's you this morning? Hallelujah. All over this room, we thank you, Lord, for those hands. Hallelujah. And the last thing that I would ask you, if you're here this morning, you don't know Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior. If you've never made a profession of faith, or maybe you made one in one season, but you've, you've gotten away from it, and, and you're saying today that today is a new day, today is a new me, and I want the fullness of God in my life. I'm going to live a life abandoned for the cause of Christ. I'm surrendering my heart to Him this morning. If that's you, will you raise your hand so I can see you? Thank you. Hand there. Hand there. Come on, put them up if that's you. Hand there. Hand there. Come on, four five hands right now. Come on. Heaven is rejoicing. Can we rejoice right now? I'm a huge altar call preacher. Very rarely will you ever see me preach a service and not do an altar call. But God dealt with me this morning that for you to understand that change needs to come to your life, you need to learn to walk in your change by yourself. Ain't nobody going to come up here and lay hands on you. If you're sick, see me after service. I'll smother you in oil. But other than that, nah, this breakthrough, it's on you and him. It's time for some of y'all to grow up. It's time for some of y'all to get up. It's time for some of y'all to take initiative. It's time for some of y'all. Some of y'all need to get rid of the bottle and grab a steak knife this year. My God, come on. How long are you going to suck milk for? Let's go. Change is on you this year, baby. It's on you. You know what the most incredible part about that is? When nothing changes, you only got you to blame. Father, I thank you for these people. I thank you for this word. I thank you for what you've done in this house this morning. Father, as we prepare to dismiss from this place, it's not from your presence. God, we thank you that all over this house are cycle breakers, and we thank you that cycles are being broken even now in the spiritual realm. It's the anointing that breaks the yoke, Father. We thank you that yokes are broken in this house this morning, that we're walking out of here with the empowerment, Father God, of your word, not just to see a thing, but to do it in Jesus' mighty name. Somebody shout, I'm a cycle breaker.